Today's episode is sponsored by Audible. For a free audio trial, check out audibletrial.com slash lutherancartographer. The Lutheran Cartographer, Episode 5. Welcome to the Lutheran Cartographer. Today we are joined by Pastor DeGroot. Uh, Pastor DeGroot is in New Mexico. Uh, Pastor DeGroot, could you tell us a, a little bit about yourself, uh, where you come from, and how you ended up in New Mexico? Absolutely. Yeah, I'm a missionary pastor. I've been a missionary pastor for about five years. I was ordained in 2010 uh, and served at an actual parish for about four years. So um, have, have a little bit of experience in both of those. I'm married to a deaconess, uh, Melissa DeGroat, and um, she is originally from Rhode Island. I'm originally from South Dakota, western, the western side, the good side, right? Became a Lutheran as an adult convert uh, back in 2000, about 2006, 2007, and then uh, quickly was uh, sort of swallowed up with the bad crowd and ended up at the seminary not too, too long after that. We have got one little uh, one little boy is uh, in third grade, and uh, we're living currently in New Mexico, serving St. Andrew Lutheran Church. Wonderful. Tell me a little bit more about New Mexico. How does it? What are some of the good things about about being there, and how would you contrast it with some of the other places you've been before, like South Dakota? New Mexico, uh, it's a wonderful, uh, wonderful place. It's actually, uh, we didn't know this until just recently. It's the fifth largest state in terms of land mass, but I think somewhere around 38th in terms of total population density. So for a, a kid from South Dakota, that's that's sort of uh, warms the, ho- the cockles of my heart uh, to know that, you know, there's, there's, there's people here, but there's still plenty of space to be able to get lost in. Um, and so we served up in Rochester, New York, um, for four years. That was my first call. And then uh, immediately after that uh, in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. So when we were in Rochester, just to kind of give you just a stark contrast of the, the weather, it was 260 days of, of rain and, and overcast weather, not too different than Washington, uh, actually a little bit more uh, rain. Um, but uh, and then we moved to Philadelphia and found that, you know, as the show on Netflix uh, says, it is always sunny in Philadelphia. So that was good uh, and had a good chance to be actually in the inner city of Philadelphia doing work uh, at a mission congregation there for three years. So in terms of what you see here in Albuquerque, it's it's the, actually the 30th largest city in the nation, which not a lot of people maybe know. So there's about 526,000 people in the city itself and about a million in the um, metro area of, of the city of Albuquerque. But then it's not very difficult in about a half hour to 45 minutes to be really literally in the middle of nowhere, um, either in the mountains or in the middle of the desert, which can be good or bad, right? You don't want to find yourself alone in the middle of the desert for all the wrong reasons, uh, if you've ever watched Breaking Bad, um, but uh, <laughs> which ironically was filmed here in Albuquerque. So um, so it's a good large city, mid-sized, I say, um, with a lot of opportunities for things both in the city and outside of the city. Okay. So in addition to the question of weather, how else would you contrast New Mexico when it comes to other places you've lived, especially around what it's like being a Lutheran there? Sure. The places that I've served all the way back to my vicarage, uh, which was back in, in 2008, that was in North Carolina. And then my first call, of course, Rochester, Philadelphia, and then down here, we've, we're kind of have been on the fringes of where you would expect Lutherans to be. Stereotypically, Lutherans are Minnesota, Wisconsin, Illinois, Iowa, and those sorts of places like that. 
So what we're finding here in Albuquerque especially is that there's, and really actually in all the places we've lived, is there's been a, a fairly large number of Roman Catholics, uh, especially on the East, East Coast. And then as we've come down here to New Mexico, what we found is very few Lutherans actually in the city of Albuquerque. If I were to roughly estimate, I'd say there's maybe 800 to 1,000 Lutherans in the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. But then comparing and contrasting that to individuals specifically in the neighborhood that we live in, which is predominantly uh, Spanish uh, heritage and a Latino mix of, of individuals from Central and South America, um, but also a good smattering of individuals, Navajo, uh, Native Americans, uh, um, Pueblo as well. We're finding here that at least the, 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 the mention of us being a Lutheran often draws the question, are Lutherans Christian? Um, oh, so, interesting. <laughs> and so, um, and I find that that doesn't necessarily have a whole lot to do because specifically with Roman Catholics, I find that that doesn't have much to do with the fact that they've been told that Martin Luther uh, was excommunicated as a heretic. Um, but probably more closely is, is related to the fact that what they've always historically known is either Roman Catholicism or some form of evangelicalism. So it's a good challenge. So tell me a little bit more about what you like about New Mexico. What are some of the good things about the area? You mentioned the opportunities in being the, around the 30th, 30th biggest city in the nation. What are some of the other good things about, about being in New Mexico? Sure. Yeah, it's uh, the, the circuit and then the LCMS... Oftentimes, the, the group of pastors in a specific area, city, would be called, a, it's a circuit of, of churches. And so the circuit, by and large, is a very good a, a good circuit with, with pastors who understand sort of what it's like to be a Lutheran in an area that has that, that not historically been so. Uh, so in terms of the people specifically that we deal with sort of in a, in a professional uh, manner, we find that we kind of are sort of a tight-knit group um, that sticks together. And that's not, I guess, to be understood as to say we're, we're exclusive, but it is important to understand that it is, it is a, a very tight group of people that is able to, I think, very clearly and articulately proclaim the faith that has been given to us. And so that's good in terms of the persons. Albuquerque is also, per capita, one of the largest number of PhDs in the nation. And that goes back to a lot of the days when the Department of Energy was developing the atomic bomb. And so we have a lot of individuals that have been left over from that. So there's a good uh, opportunity to meet a lot of professionals that are working in very secure jobs. But there's also opportunities, too, to work with a number of people that are underchurched, underemployed, and are hungry for the gospel, which is good. And I find a lot of times, especially that lapsed Catholics or historical Catholics are receptive to both two things. I think the 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 willingness uh, of me to be able to speak with them and the clarity with with which I confess uh, the faith. So those are really with regard to the people. And then around the area, it's, it's desert climate, um, but we have accessibility to the snow. So there's skiing and sledding, which is fun. Uh, hiking, camping, hunting, fishing, uh, all those things are around here. And, you know, you have a good variation of a number of different things within about two hours um, that both as a local and even as a visitor, um, you can participate in. And actually, right now, that began on Saturday, the International Balloon Fiesta has been going on. 
which is quite amazing to see close to 600 hot air balloons all ascending at the same time. So a lot of vibrant things that are going on, but also a very rich history here that goes back to uh, Coronado, the Spanish explorer. A lot of that culture and that history remains. Um, I, I like to say often that you know a lot of things have changed in Albuquerque and New Mexico uh, since 1520, but there are a lot of things that haven't. So um, it's a good place to sort of be around individuals that in a lot of ways have a good mooring in, in what the family is, but also uh, a, a tremendous amount of care uh, for the individuals that are around them. For the layperson, it sounds like you'd really highlight those who's interested in moving to or even visiting New Mexico. You'd really highlight the outdoor opportunities, the, the mooring to history and to culture, and the opportunities that come with that highly educated population that you were talking about. Is that a good summary? Yeah, no, that's that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Um, absolutely. Um, yeah, I think you, I think you hit it right on the nail, right on the head. Okay. Let's turn to the other side. What are some things that aren't so good about New Mexico? Sure. Yeah. It's, uh, I think uh, the thing that, that, that is, um, uh, very prominent and I think anybody, um, the most common Google search actually pertains to this as it, as it relates to Albuquerque. Um, the most common question actually asked is how is the crime in Albuquerque? And unfortunately, you know, as a city, you'd like to lead the nation in, in lots of things. Uh, but unfortunately, Albuquerque does uh, lead the country in, in, in crime per capita. With that being the case, it's, uh, there's also distinctions of that, too. Uh, unfortunately, it's violent crime uh, that often pertains to the drugs that are coming from, from Mexico but also uh, individuals and, and human trafficking is something that we have to be uh, aware of uh, down here in, in New Mexico. So it's, a, it's not something that, that you can't avoid, but it is definitely something that you have to be aware of. Okay. What else? Yeah, it's, um, I, I can't. I mean, other than that, I think um, just kind of hearkening back to the, you know, one of the first questions is that um, coming from the East Coast, what I've realized is that the pace here is very slow. <laughs> and um, and that's good in, in, in a lot of ways, because I think New Mexico, Albuquerque in particular, really allows for uh, a person to sort of settle in to what is uh, it's still a, it's still an industrious pace. But it certainly is not anything that you would find, I think, on on the coasts uh, where individuals maybe would be a little bit more driven um, by success and, and whatnot. So it's and it's not to say, like I said, that that's a, a bad thing for the individuals here. I think they have a pretty good understanding of what leisure is and how to enjoy uh, leisure time. So it's kind of a it's kind of a two edged sword a little bit there. Maybe if you're coming from the coast, it's a little bit more difficult to get adjusted to. But I think as you're here longer, um, it kind of grows on you a little bit. So that opportunity to take a breath and not rush around as much? Yeah, well, it, and, and, you know, the, the term that they use for for kind of how life goes here in New Mexico is um, we're on manana time. Um, and uh, and that's okay. Um, but it's one of those things that, you know, you get you, you sort of get used to. 
maybe things don't start on time as a little bit of a history up in the upper Midwest and good Germans and good uh, good Dutch people um, like to start early, if not on time. And so... uh, (laughs) Certainly. Why why put off to tomorrow what you can do today, right? Right. Well, you know, we're learning very slowly uh, that uh, (laughs) that there are individuals who are and do put things off till tomorrow. And sometimes that can be good. So earlier you mentioned your family. I want to go back to that. Sure. Tell me what it's like to raise a family in Albuquerque. Yeah, well, it's uh, sort of two things, um, sort of the, the, the bad things. You know, the, the, the schools, unfortunately, um, are maybe not the best um, public schools. However, there are uh, a tremendous amount of parochial schools that are available uh, that are of, of a very high reputation um, in Albuquerque. So in terms of the schools, um, there are certain districts where I think you could find uh, good schools. In terms of, of um, opportunities for families uh, to do things within the city, there's a, a fair amount of things to do that I think you could expect with a mid-sized city. And then in terms of um, sort of the inter- interaction of, of individuals within the city, they're pretty good at being able to, or, or, or it's, it's pretty easy, rather, I guess to say, to find opportunities to go and to meet with uh, people from other neighborhoods and, and other parts of the city. So, And then in terms of, of being able to find uh, work, um, there are plenty of opportunities for especially highly skilled individuals. Um, those who are coming <clears throat> specifically, I think, in the areas of uh, um, physics, mathematics, aerospace, engineering, those sorts of things like that. Uh, Albuquerque is a very good place, and the ability to find a job is pretty – it's readily available. And then in terms of other sort of mid-range jobs, there are a number of, of places that are always hiring. So the ability to make a living is, is, is pretty good. And then the other thing that kind of goes along with that is kind of a downfall is Albuquerque is a fairly large city in terms of its its actual area. And a lot of those opportunities are in different parts of the city. And what I've, we've had to learn is that, you know, coming from the East Coast where almost everything that you'd ever want was within 10 minutes uh, and anything that wasn't within 10 minutes wasn't worth going to, um, <laughs> we've had to quickly put that to bed and realize that you know, if we want uh, our son to be at, in the school that he's in, we have to drive uh, about 30 minutes across town to be able to do that. So you just kind of bite the bullet and, and do that. So it is a good place, slow, a uh, bit of a slow pace with a lot of, of families that a good smattering of individuals that are coming in for professional jobs, but also a number of families that have a very long history here in Albuquerque. As a matter of fact, there are people uh, that I've met that have um, not just a heritage, but own land that was originally granted to them back in the original land grants that uh, were in New Mexico. So it's pretty amazing to see the mix of transient people, but also the number of people that have been here for a, a number of generations. Yeah, and then that ties back in with your mention of history as that kind of rootedness. Right. Yeah, it's it's really kind of fascinating in the sense that those individuals we've met that have those ties, they are not Latino, they are Spanish. And you have to be very conscious of that. And then as 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 history's kind of gone forward, individuals that have come from other Latin American countries uh, are, are 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 sort of considered to be Mexican and, and outsiders. 
so there's a certain amount of pride uh, that there is that the people have in, in having that historical tie uh, back to the middle 1600s. So it's good. I think it's, you know, I, I, I've likened it in a lot of ways. You know, there are prominent families here in Albuquerque that have been here for hundreds of years, much the same as there are prominent families on the East Coast. Um, and, and what's been really uh, sort of surprising to me is to realize that the history of New Mexico uh, goes farther back even than colonial America. Um, so being able to have a good, a good understanding and appreciation for that, um, if nothing more, has allowed me um, – to, I think, be able to start to ask good questions and to be able to uh, interact with people on a more regular basis. Okay. So it sounds like from what you've said that for those that are considering a move to New Mexico that have a family right now, they should really think about where their the education will come from. Because as you said, it sounds like the public schools might not be the best and some intentionality is needed in that area. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, there are certain areas of the city that would probably uh, be able to provide uh, an adequate, if not a good education. But the other thing, too, is thinking about it as well is that, you know, especially if you're Lutheran and moving to this area, or I think any area, one of the things that I often will tell, you know, in the old days when I we had college students, one of the first things that I would tell them to, to do and to look for is a church. <laughs> to be able to find a church and to find a neighborhood and a school that, that you're very comfortable with. Let's take a moment to thank our sponsor. If you're listening to this podcast on your device, you already know the power of having audio on the go. And Audible wants to put the books that you would love to listen to right into your ears with a free 30-day trial of their service. You can check out a wide variety of audiobooks, and if you'd like a suggestion, you can get Martin Luther's Table Talk, Seven Hours of the Wit and Wisdom of Martin Luther, on your device for free, but there are a wide variety of options to choose from if you'd rather not listen to Table Talk. So go to audibletrial.com slash Lutheran Cartographer to start your free 30-day trial today. So let's transition into one of the more fun topics, and that's your opportunity to tell our listeners that are thinking about visiting or even moving there, kind of what are some of the hidden gems, kind of the, the neat places to eat or things to do that, that are things that you think that anybody that's considering moving or, or even just visiting there see or do. Yeah, sure. No, it's it's great. I, and there there are a lot of hidden treasures. Uh, the historic Route 66 runs through Albuquerque, um, and along that swath there that runs east and west through Albuquerque uh, on Central Avenue, you're going to find um, any number of of places that uh, had significant prominence back in the 50s and 60s. And one of the restaurants I just actually ate there today is uh, uh, it's called Frontier Restaurant, and they're known for pretty much. Uh, all they're all they're they're varying uh, New Mexican food, which is different than Mexican food, but their their pork in red chili is very well known, and it's a restaurant that stays open 20 hours a day, which is fun. You know, you get a pretty good mix of people that are are, are sort of mashing there all together. And then uh, as you're going out, um, White Sands uh, is a very uh, interesting place in the sense that you know as you drive through. It's right there in the middle of the desert, but it looks like you're driving through 40-foot high snow drifts, um, and you have the opportunity to be able to um, go, and we can actually sled on the sand, um, which is pretty fun. Really? 
Yeah, so that's uh, something. And then Carlsbad Caverns, that's a little bit more of a stretch. That's about five hours to the south. Uh, Santa Fe, um, both historically and I think in terms of its arts, is well known. And actually, the, the, the statistic I just recently heard is that Santa Fe has more art galleries per square mile than New York City does. So that's something maybe that people don't know. But then Abiquiu um, is a small little town uh, near Santa Fe. Uh, it was made famous by the artist George O'Keefe painted a lot of landscapes out there so it's a kind of an interesting place that artists have met and have had second homes or have lived here and the hidden gems is sort of fun i could you know like you said i mean you could jog i could jog my mind and my and my thoughts and realize that yeah i could probably talk for quite a quite a bit longer on those things but that's kind of the the initial salvo of what uh, what there is around here now let's as we start kind of looking to, to close out the podcast, would you please take a, a moment to talk to our listeners about what you what your advice would be to them if they're thinking about moving to New Mexico? You've already mentioned making sure to find a good church. Maybe start with that and then any other thoughts that you would have for our listeners who are thinking about New Mexico? Yeah. Well, you know, ch- check the churches and, 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 and get in contact with those pastors. Let them know what your intention is. Um, and certainly, I think after making that contact with them, um, asking them any questions as they would pertain to uh, availability of work, uh, individuals within the church that might be able to get you connected to these things. And it's one of those things that's so, so great is that, you know, as as Lutherans and as people in the church, it's sort of a ready-made community that's there for you. And ask the questions about the schools and, and, and what might be available. Um, the other thing that's really kind of wonderful too is that is that the, the real estate market in Albuquerque is, is very reasonable and it's a very stark contrast to what we were, we were accustomed to on the East Coast. I guess the best way to put it is you can get a lot of house for a little money. With that also understanding too that being conscious of Doing a little bit of homework, there are uh, statistics available through the Bernalillo County Sheriff and the Albuquerque Police that kind of details, okay, this is an area of the city that maybe is a little bit more known for its crime. And that was one of the things that we actually did when we moved here is to say, okay, we're going to try to move into this little pocket here. And by the grace of God, and I think just uh, having good neighbors around, uh, our neighborhood has, has largely remained pretty quiet uh, in the greater swell of, of things that are happening around us. So, But I think that said, the main emphasis is that especially for Lutherans, find uh, a good church, a pastor that will be willing to, to shepherd you, at least from the beginning. Uh, and, and, and ultimately, yes, of course, you know, through the time that you're here. And then just simply make yourself available to, to ask questions, but also to receive the answer, answers and the direction from the, the folks that have been here for a while. I want to jump back for just a moment. Tell me about what district you're in and kind of orient us and where New Mexico fits in the greater LCMS. Sure. Yeah. So New Mexico is part of the Rocky Mountain District. Their headquarters is up in in near Boulder, Colorado. And the Rocky Mountain District is comprised of um, New Mexico, Arizona, uh, parts of Arizona, uh, Utah, and Colorado. And in terms of the congregations we have in New Mexico, I'm kind of ballparking this. I think we maybe have 65 congregations in the state, and then, and that may be a high estimate. 
And then the district as a whole has, I believe, 225 congregations in it. So it's it's a pretty good split that's proportional through all the different four parts of the of the district. I see. Would you mind taking a few minutes and telling our listeners a little bit about your ministry? As you mentioned that you're in a missionary congregation. What what is that? And tell us a little bit about your ministry. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so uh, St. Andrew uh, began as a, a church plant uh, back uh, four years ago, so, so in 2015. And it was a mission endeavor. Uh, I think it was a church that was, was started by the smallest church in Albuquerque. It was a church of about 50 people that then started this church in an area that's south of I-40 and west of I-25 that has historically not ever had a Lutheran church. So they planted it and held regular divine services at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, and that was just simply to accommodate the visiting pastor who had morning services. And so they maintained that. And then we were called back in 2017 and then arrived in 2018. And our work has really been to maintain what was started, but then being here full-time and being able to devote uh, a full-time ministry, beginning to talk with people in the neighborhood, getting to know them, talk to them about what we we do, who Lutherans are, uh, what we believe. And then some of the things that I've done, because the church is is fairly small at this time, it's about 27 people, is cold calls to the the hospitals, which is becoming harder to do because there's actually places in the hospital where they won't let me go. Even though I have this, it's pretty funny. Things have changed quite a bit. But cold calls to the hospital and then uh, regular attendance at a local nursing home, on Mondays, I've done some applied and been accepted to do work in the prison, which is about eight miles to the west of the church. And that was done simply because, of course, the crime being as high as it is and the high incarceration rate, it was, I think, by my initial analysis, important to begin to make the connection with these individuals that had been incarcerated because hopefully and ultimately they'll be released and have a place that they can that they can come to. And then uh, some of the other things that we're, we're doing in order to sort of bridge the gap and let people know we're here is I've been asked enough questions by individuals for me to, to believe that there's some interest. And so what we've done then is, is started to um, uh, we put together scripts for 40, 90 second videos, basically answering a number of questions uh, that will be recorded. And then those will be placed onto the website. And then what we do is that we'll, part of our canvassing through the neighborhoods will disseminate that information to people. And what I've realized is, you know, it's not a matter of sort of it's not shoving it down people's throats, but it, making it available to them so that they can consult it at, in, in their good time. And I think that's important because there's a lot of folks here that uh, sort of defecting, so to speak, from the Roman Catholic faith can and I, I, I have seen causes great dissension. Uh, within families. And of course, as, as Lutherans, that's not what our intention is. Uh, our intention simply is to, to, to let people know that grace is a, is a free gift of God, that the mercy of God is, is there for all sinners, and that the gifts of God are given freely with absolutely no strings attached within the Lutheran Church. And the wonderful thing about that is, is for people to know there's one right around the corner. And so it's a, it's a good challenge. It's a, it's a challenge that I think... Uh, uh, that I certainly request uh, prayers from individuals that are thinking of us here in Albuquerque 
and Lord willing, we'll we'll be able to continue to remain faithful to the confessions and uh, minister to the people who are here. So it's a good a good place to be. It's wonderful. Excellent. I would encourage all our listeners, if you're interested in supporting Pastor DeGroote's work, to go to lcms.org slash DeGroote. Are there any other resources or places people can follow you that you would want to point people to? Yeah, there is a link on, on Facebook, and I don't I don't have that uh, readily available at this particular time. I'm not sure if there's availability for links that I could maybe send at a, another time. Yeah, I'll be putting all this on our show notes page. It'll be lutherancartographer.com slash five, and any resources you want to send me, the link to the LCMS page that I mentioned will be there, and any links that you'd like to, to send me, Pastor DeGroote, I'll happily put there for you. Wonderful. I really appreciate it. That's It's a blessing. Absolutely. Any parting thoughts for our listeners? Uh, well, if you're thinking about relocating uh, or just coming to visit, certainly look us up. Uh, we'd love to see you. Um, like I said, talk to a pastor before you come. Um, and uh, uh, we're certainly uh, receptive to having folks here. And if you do come, we'd love to be able to show you around uh, Albuquerque. Wonderful. Thanks so much for your time today, Pastor DeGroote. God's peace to you. And God's peace to you as well. My pleasure. Thanks for listening to The Lutheran Cartographer. If you're listening to this on release day, the 31st of December, I would encourage you to consider giving a year-end gift to Pastor DeGroote and his ministry. You can do that at lcms.org slash DeGroote. And if it's already 2020, by the time you're listening to this, a happy new year, and you can get an early start on your giving as well. Again, I want to ch- encourage you to check out the free Audible offer at audibletrial.com slash Lutheran Cartographer. And if you want any information or any of the links that we discussed today, you can go to Lutheran Cartographer slash five for the show notes. I'm Nicholas Weber. Talk to you soon. <laughs>